recently, I found one of my old Bibles here in the house. It's the Jerusalem Bible Translation. And you know how you have those old books that maybe you've bought before or someone gave to you as a gift, but you never really read it. So the pages are still new and crisp and the cover looks good. And it's practically still brand new. As in all things considered, it looks brand new, even though it might be a couple of years old. That's how my Bible, my Jerusalem Bible looks now. And the reason why I have this is because when I started studying for my master's at Don Bosco, there were two translations that were recommended to us for our study. One was the New American Bible Revised Edition, and the other was this, the Jerusalem Bible. I ended up using the American Bible Revised for most of my study and my personal reading. That's what I've been using for when I preach, oftentimes. That's what I've been using for my own prayer time. I, I did a read the Bible um, from beginning to end using that translation. And so it's, it's a translation that I've gotten accustomed to. But now, now that I'm seeing the Jerusalem Bible again, now that I've opened it actually and read more of it, I'm, I'm beginning to see I'm beginning to see more of its beauty. I'm beginning to appreciate it more the way the same lines are being portrayed or are being spoken differently. And it's very artful in the way that it's been written. And I'm liking it so far. And I figured that for today, what we could do is we could read from scripture. We could read one chapter. And if you're new to this place, hi, hello, welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes. I am a youth missionary here in the Philippines, and I will be your host here today. And like I said, I figured that for today, maybe we could do some reading from scripture. And I figured that since for the previous episodes, we've been talking about some heavy stuff. We've been talking about the assumption and about the resurrection of the body. We've been talking about forgiveness. And last time, we talked about the messianic secret, about misunderstanding Jesus. We've been tackling all of these heavy stuff one after the other. And I figure that it might be good for us to spend some time with Scripture, for us to spend some time just meditating and communing with God, talking to Him, being in His presence. After all, we don't just learn for the sake of learning. We don't just study for the sake of studying. We're not just learning about someone. We are knowing someone, and that someone is Jesus. And I figured it might really be helpful for us to do that together by sitting and listening to what He has to say to us through His Word. And so for today, the way we're going to do our episode for for this week is I'm going to give you a bit of a background on the passage that we're going to read. I'm going to discuss it a bit so that you can understand the context, so that you can appreciate it better. And then afterward, I'm going to read the entire thing. It's only one chapter. Don't worry. It's not too long. We're going to read the entire thing and then we're going to end with prayer. So straightforward, very simple. And I'm excited. I'm excited for this time that we have together. For today, we're going to read from Acts, the book of Acts chapter 2. The book of Acts is found in the New Testament. It is the book that follows the Gospels, immediately follows the Gospels. It was written by Luke. Luke has a Gospel of his own, the Gospel account according to Luke. And Acts picks up from the story right after Jesus resurrects from the grave, after he meets with his apostles. And during the beginning of Acts, his apostles were gathered together and there were, they witnessed the ascension of Christ and then they were waiting for what is to come. They were asking Jesus, when will all this be fulfilled? 
all that you've said, all that we are being sent out to do, when will all this be fulfilled? Part of the reason why I thought of sharing this with you is because I've read through this in my personal Bible time this week. I, I, I'm, I'm following another podcast that recommended that we read it as they were discussing about evangelization. And I'm actually preparing for a Bible study coaching sessions because we have ongoing these Bible study coaching sessions where we teach other leaders or well we coach them we give them practical tips and some um some best practices on how they can facilitate their own bible studies and i'm I'm preparing for this saturday's session where we'll talk about acts chapter 2 the communal life of the believers which happened right after the preaching of peter that's what we're going to read about and i figure that i might as well share this with you also it would be good it would be good and so What happens? Like we said, Jesus had just ascended and his followers, his apostles, were waiting. They were waiting to be sent also. Jesus said in the first chapter that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And that is exactly what happens in Acts chapter 2. So they were gathered in this place. We, it is mentioned that there was a celebration for the Jews, a celebration called Pentecost. Pentecost, now, when we think about it, we think about, in in church language, we think about this, about the time when the Holy Spirit descended on the apostles, and then they started preaching and speaking in tongues. This is what we think of when we think of Pentecost. But Pentecost, before it became a Christian celebration, was a Jewish celebration. It uh, It is also called the Feast of Weeks. It is when... The Jews, the Israelites, would offer their first fruits, their first fruits of the wheat harvest. This is in commemoration, in remembrance of the time when they went to Sinai, Mount Sinai. Right after being freed from Egypt, during that time, they were under slavery in Egypt. Remember the story of Moses. They were freed through Moses, by the power of God, they crossed the Red Sea, and then they were finally free from bondage. And then they went to the mountain where Moses met with God so that God could meet with them again, this mountain called Sinai. And this, the celebration of the Pentecost is their commemoration of that important moment when they were given the law. We celebrate it 50 days after Easter, Pente. Penta, remember? That's five. Pentagon, five sides. Pentecost, that's 50 days. So it's we celebrated 50 days after Easter. And during this time, Jerusalem would be filled with thousands of more people than usual. Kind of similar to Passover. So pilgrims would go from the surrounding towns to Jerusalem because Jerusalem is where you find the temple, the center of their worship. So they would go to Jerusalem, they would stay there for one week, and they would have the celebration together. This was when the descent of the Holy Spirit occurred during the time of Pentecost. And so in the beginning here, we find the apostles gathered in one place and then the Holy Spirit comes upon them. And it says that the Holy Spirit comes upon them in the form of fire. Fire. It's a very important image, especially if you look at the Old Testament and connecting it to the story that we were talking about a while ago, the story of Exodus. Because God appeared to Moses, how? Through, in the form of the burning bush, in the form of fire. And when they got to Mount Sinai and then they had to set up the tabernacle where 
when where God would reside and then they were when they were led going to the promised land they were led by a pillar of fire and cloud God often appears in the Old Testament through the form of fire that's one of the ways that he expresses himself that he reveals himself symbolically to his people it's fire but notice that this time Instead of the tabernacle, instead of the temple, instead of the burning bush, the fire descended on his people. Descended on his people. And now we have the presence of God with us as baptized believers, as baptized Christians. We also receive the Holy Spirit as we are welcomed into this family. And what we see in the story is that as they receive the Holy Spirit, there comes out, they, they started speaking in all of these different languages and they started, the, the people around them started wondering how could they, how could they speak all these sorts of languages? They, it was, it was, it was weird. They could understand each other even though they weren't speaking the same language. And so from here, Peter steps up because someone actually asks or well tells them that maybe they're drunk. That's why they're doing these things. And Peter steps up and wouldn't take that. And then he starts preaching. He starts preaching about who Jesus is, what he has done. He starts preaching to the people, the Jews, the people who, who lived there and the people who traveled there for for the celebration of the Pentecost. And after his preaching, what happens is that around 3,000 people were baptized. Their hearts were struck. This We're, we're going to hear Peter's preaching in a while, so get ready for that. And their hearts were struck, and then they repented, and they, they were accepted into the family, this new family, covenant family that was forming as a fulfillment of what Israel was always supposed to be. And then after this, they get baptized. They started living together. Remember, most of these people did not come from Jerusalem. And so they did not have resources. They did not have shelter. They did not have food. They did not have enough for them to stay. But because their hearts were changed, because their hearts were transformed, the people who were there also did their best to accommodate them. And so they started working together, having things in common. And this is a very beautiful sight of the church. They started meeting together in the temple courts, in one another's houses. They started breaking bread with each other, celebrating mass with each other. And it's a very beautiful sight. And here we see different people coming from different places, coming together as one, having unity. I think that's something that we don't see a lot nowadays. We don't see unity. But the thing about unity is that you can't call for unity for the sake of unity. There has to be something that unites you. If you call for unity for the sake of unity, oftentimes it turns out it, it, it leads to more division because there's nothing that brings you together aside from the fact that you want to work together. And that doesn't always work out well. If you've experienced that in your life, you know what I'm talking about. But it's different. It's different when you have something that actually brings you together, some common ground. And that thing here is not just a thing. That thing here is a person, and his name is Jesus. And in fact, this is one of the things that we see in the early church, one of the markers of the early church, that different people from different social classes, from different backgrounds, different sexes, different, different nationalities would come together. And break bread with each other. Celebrate the Eucharist with each other. 
this was one of the things that set them apart because during that time, your own tribe, if you belonged to a tribe, you had your own set of gods. The Romans had their gods. The Greeks had their gods. The Babylonians had their gods. The Egyptians had their gods. And the Hebrews had their gods. But, well, for the Christians, we have one God no matter where you're coming from. And that was what united them together. Their experience, their encounter with this risen Christ. This goes for both the people who saw Jesus personally in the flesh and for those who encountered him through the Spirit and through the church, through his people. And again, this is a very, very beautiful sight. And before we start reading the chapter in itself, I guess my invitation to you, whether this is something that you've read before or not, is to pay attention to have the ears to hear what God wants to reveal to you through this word. You might be that person who is still unsure about this whole Christian thing. And maybe you have your own doubts. Maybe you have your own hesitations. Let this be a time when you can be open, when you can allow yourself to receive, allow yourself to encounter Christ. If that is what will happen here as we read the word, and then respond from there. Or maybe you're someone who's been following Christ for a while now, and maybe this could be a call for you to reevaluate how you're doing that, reevaluate your priorities in light of your relationship with Christ, and to think about, consider how you could share this message, this beautiful message to others, because if what we say we believe is real, then nothing is more important than it. If what we say about Jesus and what he has done for us is true, then it's a message worth sharing. It is good news. Like how the apostles shared this message during their time. We might be invited. We are being invited to share this message to others as well. And so, with all of that said, let's begin reading. I encourage you, if you can, to look for a place where you can be comfortable, where you can focus Try to set aside all distractions as we read the word and let's enter into a prayerful posture the best that we can with where we are and what we have. I'll be reading from the Jerusalem Bible translation. This is Acts chapter 2. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When Pentecost Day came around, they had all met in one room when suddenly they heard what sounded like a powerful wind from heaven, the noise of which filled the entire house in which they were sitting. And something appeared to them that seemed like tongues of fire. These separated and came to rest on the head of each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak foreign languages as the Spirit gave them the gift of speech. Now, there were devout men living in Jerusalem, from every nation under heaven, and at this sound they all assembled, each one bewildered to hear these men speaking his own language. They were amazed and astonished. Surely, they said, all these men speaking are Galileans. How does it happen that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya around Cyrene, as well as visitors from Rome, Jews and proselytes alike, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them preaching in our own language about the marvels of God. 
Everyone was amazed and unable to explain it. They asked one another what it all meant. Some, however, laughed it off. They have been drinking too much new wine, they said. Then Peter stood up with the eleven and addressed them in a loud voice. Men of Judea and all you who live in Jerusalem, make no mistake about this, but listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you imagine. Why, it is only the third hour of the day. On the contrary, this is what the prophet spoke of. In the days to come, it is the Lord who speaks. I will pour out my spirit on all mankind. Their sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my slaves, men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit. I will display portents in heaven above and signs on earth below. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great day of the Lord dawns. All who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to what I am going to say. Jesus the Nazarene was a man commended to you by God by the miracles and portents and signs that God worked through him when he was among you, as you all know. This man, who was put into your power by the deliberate intention and foreknowledge of God, you took and had crucified by men outside the law. You killed him, but God raised him to life, freeing him from the pangs of Hades. For it was impossible for him to be held in its power, since, as David says of him, I saw the Lord before me always, for with him at my right hand nothing can shake me. So my heart was glad, and my tongue cried out for joy. My body, too, will rest in the hope that you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to experience corruption. You have made known the way of life to me. You will fill me with gladness through your presence. Brothers, no one can deny that the patriarch David himself is dead and buried. His tomb is still with us. But since he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn him an oath to make one of his descendants succeed him on the throne, what he foresaw and spoke about was the resurrection of the Christ. He is the one who was not abandoned to Hades and whose body did not experience corruption. God raised this man Jesus to life, and all of us are witnesses to that. Now, Raised to the heights by God's right hand, he has received from the Father the Holy Spirit who was promised. And what you see and hear is the outpouring of that Spirit, for David himself never went up to heaven, and yet these words are his, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand, until I make your enemies a footstool for you. For this reason, the whole house of Israel can be certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Hearing this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the apostles, What must we do, brothers? You must repent, Peter answered, and every one of you must be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise that was made is for you and your children, and for all those who are far away for all those whom the Lord our God will call to himself. He spoke to them for a long time using many arguments, and he urged them, Save yourselves from this perverse generation. They were convinced by his arguments, and they accepted what he said and were baptized. 
That very day, about 3,000 were added to their number. These remained faithful to the teaching of the apostles, to the brotherhood, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. The many miracles and signs worked through the apostles made a deep impression on everyone. The faithful all lived together and owned everything in common. They sold their goods and possessions and shared out the proceeds among themselves according to what each one needed. They went as a body to the temple every day but met in their houses for the breaking of bread. They shared their food gladly and generously. They praised God and were looked up to by everyone. Day by day, the Lord added to their community those destined to be saved. We love you, Jesus. You are the way, the truth, and the life. We want to have our hearts open for what you want to speak to us, for what you want to reveal to us, for what you want to point out to us. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of the now. Thank you, Jesus, for the gift of your presence. Lead us in our next steps throughout the rest of the day, the rest of the week, the rest of the month, the rest of our lives. We know, Lord, that you have so much in store for us and for the people around us through us. We want to have our hands open for what you want to give to us as well as for how you want to use us and move through us and love through us. Allow us to see. Allow us to hear so that we may follow. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks, everyone. Today's episode is a bit different from usual, but I felt like it was necessary. And so, just to let you know, I'll be taking a break for two weeks. So I won't be publishing any new material for two weeks. And then I'll see you on the Friday. Well, hear you, sort of, on the Friday, the week after that. So we'll be back soon. And um, while we're waiting, you feel free. Feel free to go back to some of our previous episodes if you haven't listened to some of them yet. And if this is something that is helpful to you, please do share it with your friends and your family. And if I may ask a favor of you, Let's pray for each other. I want to pray for you and I'd like to ask for you to pray for me as well, to pray for the podcast. And I want to be in line with where God wants to lead all of this. And I want to thank you for your support. I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for everything so far. And I'm so glad and I'm excited for what's about to come. Let this be a time, this time of rest. I just need some space to kind of recharge a bit. And I'm also fixing a lot of stuff here at home because we're kind of going through a bit of a big shift. Uh, maybe I might tell you more about that later on. But right now, let's bring this to a close. See you, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.